Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Dick Morris. Dick, former President Trump seems to be under fire lately. The New York Attorney General's chasing him. The FBI's chasing him for taking classified documents. Uh, George Conway, who is no friend of his, claims he's going to get uh, convicted of multiple charges. Can he survive all these and still run? Yeah, sure he can. Uh, I write in my book about how he can. Uh, First of all, none of these are serious. He didn't kill anybody. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't betray our national secrets. There's no evidence that any of the archives were any of the classified documents in the archives were leaked to anybody. This is just because he's guaranteed of the Republican nomination. He's got a lock on it. Nobody can challenge him. But he showed that in a string of victories earlier this year. And uh, they're now just grasping at anything they can to beat them. They've decided they can't beat them at the ballot box, so they're going to beat them in the courthouse. Uh-huh. And uh, they're just throwing everything they can at him. But none of this is really important. None of this will stick. Even if he were indicted, George, and even if he were convicted, it's not going to stop him from being elected any more than impeachment stopped him. Uh, he's Everybody gets it that this is just the Democrats doing everything they can to take the choice away from the voters. But there's no statutory way he can be precluded from running, and there's no political way he can be precluded either. When do you think he announces? After the November midterms? Yeah, right after that. Had he still been president, I'm not sure Putin would have gone into Ukraine. It's just a gut feeling, but what do you think? I'm sure he would not. Absolutely. Uh, You know, (laughs) You, you mentioned in your news broadcast that North Korea is firing the first missiles it's fired since 2017. There's a reason that that date, that was the, day, the year after Trump got elected, uh, he went to Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-un said, 
I have a button that can destroy America. And Trump said, hey, Buster, I have a bigger button than you do. Huh. And that terrified him. He backed right down. No missile tests for the rest of the Trump presidency. And then as soon as Trump left office with Biden, he began sending ballistic missiles over Japan. Uh, the, the point is that everybody saw in Afghanistan that Biden is a paperweight, a lightweight, and that you could do whatever you like around him. And that led to the invasion of Ukraine. It's going to lead to an attack on Taiwan. It led to the rebirth of ISIS in the Middle East. Uh, it's empowering Iran now that they've, uh, they're trying to destroy the, uh, the sanctions Trump put in. It's enabling our enemies around the world. What's, what's happening with Iran with these demonstrations over this uh, poor 22-year-old woman who was killed under very strange circumstances? George, we're at a fascinating juncture because all three of our adversaries are having serious domestic problems that are plaguing them and very probably crippling them. Russia is having these draft riots all over the place because of the carnage in Ukraine. And the Russian troops are in wholesale retreat, very often giving up without a fight. And, uh, and the people at home rebelling against the new draft that he's imposing, mm -hmm. I think it's very likely that Putin will, will have to go. In China, there's China's in a huge recession. I've never been in a recession like this before. And that's largely, and let me say about Ukraine, the reason the NATO is so effective there is remember when Trump went to Europe in 2017 and said, you guys have to start pulling your weight and contribute the share of your That's economy right. to defense two percent you committed to, and none of you are doing it. You don't do that. We're going to pull back, and they all scared, and they chipped in, and they got 130 billion a year of increased defense spending. And those are the weapons that are winning in Ukraine. And with China, the sanctions Trump imposed on China, the tariffs, not the sanctions, but the tariffs, so hurt the Chinese economy that it plunged it into a recession. And President Xi may not be reelected in the Congress next month. And in Iran, the sanctions Trump imposed uh, have been so devastatingly effective. Uh, Iranian oil production was cut to one-fifth of what it was before the sanctions were imposed. Then when Biden came in, he relaxed the sanctions, but it's still down to only one-third of the total oil they were able to sell previously. And that's causing massive economic pain in Iran and leading to political instability. So because of the residual effect of the actions of the Trump administration, you have all three of our adversaries in retreat. And you believe that if Hillary does run in 24, Donald Trump can beat her? Oh, yeah, sure. He'll beat her by even more than he did last time, by quite a bit. Uh, because in addition to all of the issues being in Trump's favor. Uh, you have her integrity issues that are, that are absolutely crippling for her. Uh, I, I, the, it is important, possible for us to underestimate the impact of four words that Donald Trump can say. I did it already. Yes, so, I did. Gas prices are horrible. Well, can you control them? Well, I did it already. When I was there, it was a buck and a half a gallon. And inflation is out of control. Can you bring it down? Well, I did it already. When I was there, it was under 2%. Can you seal the border? Yeah, I did it already. There was no 
illegal immigration when I was there. Uh, Russia was under control. China was backpedaling because of the trade the trade tariffs we put on them. And uh, all of that got undone by Biden, and it can be redone by Trump because he did it already. I think if President Trump had stayed away from his cell phone and his tweets, he might have gotten reelected in a bigger way. What do you think? No, I don't buy that, George. Uh, it's like going to George Patton and saying, please be kinder and gentler. <laughs> you know? Don't slap your troops, right? Yes, yeah, may not have won the war. Uh, I think that you cannot diss Trump's means from his ends. You take the North Korea story I just told you. Um, or the NATO story I just told you. He was condemned for being irresponsible, for screwing our allies, for enraging Kim and offending him and all of that. And it ended up working. Uh, Europe contributed more to its defense, so NATO went from a paper alliance to a robust military force. And Kim went from our worst enemy to someone who was minding his P's and Q's until Biden took over. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, 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 had, a, I had a friend, Dick, who knew Donald Trump very well. Uh, he has since passed on. Uh, owned a company, uh, Hawaiian Tropic, and uh, he just thought the world of Donald Trump. I mean, I have never heard this guy. His name was Ron Rice. Great guy. So glowing about any presidential candidate or president than this guy was over Donald Trump. And I respected this guy. I mean, he was, he's an honest, dedicated guy and he built his business from a trash can in his garage and made these formulas and started selling them. 
But he loved Donald Trump. Yep. Well, my father was Trump's lawyer, so I for real estate deals, and my cousin Roy Cohn was his chief advisor, and um, I've known him since my early twenties. And uh, first of all, let me say he's brilliant. He's unbelievably brilliant. He knows everything. He knows all of the facts, all of the stats, so much more so than any other politician I've ever encountered. And I worked with Bill Clinton. Um, And also, uh, he's a hell of a nice guy. Uh, When you know him and when you're his friend, if you're his enemy, he tears you apart. But don't you see, Washington is a tough place. And nice guys don't hack it there. And all the Republicans in the Congress know that if they step out of the line and they don't vote for the stuff Trump wants, he's going to come after them and rip them apart. There were two senators that refused to go along with his economic program, Republicans. Jeff Flake from Arizona and, um, and um, a guy from Tennessee, I'm blocking out the name. And uh, Trump went after them and ended their political careers. Yeah. Uh, absolutely forced them out of politics. And so the point is that he plays this game tough, but that's the way to win it, both abroad and in the United States. And you couldn't have racked up the achievements he's racked up if he didn't do that. The reason the economy was so good under Trump is that it's the first time ever that the Republicans were able to pass their program intact. No Democratic votes, but completely intact. No amendments, no watering down. And it worked like crazy, and now it's off, and uh, it's it's falling apart like crazy. Why does he want to run again? Uh, first of all, he one element is that he's a genuine patriot. The other element is that he wants to prove himself. But the far more important element is this guy is a builder. And when you go to any builder or any artist, if their canvas or their building is defaced or destroyed, they want to restore it. Their creative energy is in that, and they want to bring it back. And he can't stand to sit here and watch his accomplishments get undone piece by piece by the Biden people. Uh, and he wants to go back and make them whole again. Uh, it's uh, He's a builder, and he can't handle it when people are destroyers of the stuff he built. We're going to take calls next hour with Dick Morris as we talk about his work, The Return. The book is the number one Amazon bestseller. It's also on the top of the charts with the Wall Street Journal Publishers Weekly bestseller. And we've been talking about your book for at least a month now on this program, Dick. Newsmax is one of our sponsors, and they've come a long way. i got to tell you a great story. Back in 1997, I'm doing a local radio show in St. Louis, and a fellow by the name of Chris Ruddy calls us and says, I'm trying to get some exposure for my website, Newsmax.com. Can you help us out? Can can I be on that program, mine? It was called the Nighthawk Show. And we looked at his website and went, this is pretty good. I like this. So we put him on, and you never forgot. You never forgot. Now he's one of our sponsors on this show. Right. Well, he's the one who told me to stay up all night and do your show tonight. <laughs> After five years? I think we, we, we got you on, you were on in 16 or 17, right around the... Uh, 17 right, was after Trump got elected. Right, right after he got elected. Oh, I book predicting that he would. That's right. You, you worked with the Democrat. You worked with Republicans. Are you nonpartisan? Uh, not now. I'm a Republican. 
uh, and I'm, I've never been nonpartisan. I started off as a liberal Democrat. And then as I saw what the world was about and I saw what worked and what didn't work, I became a Republican. The, the, final, the, the real impetus was that I had always been for nuclear disarmament and for arms control. And then Reagan got elected and did everything I didn't approve of. He uh, kept building more missiles. He uh, tried to get Star Wars approved. And uh, I said, this is horrible. This will cause a nuclear war. And then I found out that it didn't. It just caused Russia to fall apart and implode. And now and there was no more threat of a nuclear exchange. Now there is some, but not what it was. And I realized that I had been wrong and Reagan had been right. And with that, I decided it's time to lift my carcass up and move it over to the other side of the aisle. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> Do you think Vladimir Putin is foolish enough to detonate a nuke over Ukraine? Well, I think that it depends on how we play it. Uh, if Biden continues to basically say, oh, please, please, please don't go nuclear, then I think Putin might well do that. But what Biden needs to do and what Trump would be doing if he were there now is standing up and saying, look, if you do that, you will be a pariah nation. You'll be thrown out of the World Bank, out of the IMF. Uh, we'll try to throw you out of the UN. And we will not buy a single drop of oil or whiff of gas from Russia, and neither will Europe. And we will supply Europe with liquefied natural gas to make up for it. Trump, by the way, doubled our capacity to produce liquefied natural gas so that it could be shipped on a barge. There are no pipelines under the Atlantic. Uh, and he'll make that clear to Russia. And one-third of Russia's budget revenues comes from the sale of oil and gas. Not taxes, but oil and gas sales. And it's, it's, it's half of their budget and a third of their economy. So if you threaten them with a complete cutoff in that, they are going to fall apart economically. And you also need to have a president who tells the Russian people, look, we're not your enemy. China is your enemy. Uh, we're not looking to take over half your country. China is. China wants to take over the minerals in Siberia and Uzbekistan. China's big problem is that it doesn't have any raw materials worth talking about. And Russia is full of them and in, in thinly populated regions. And the ideal scenario for China is have Russia and the United States fight to a point which Russia is so weakened that China can move in and make it its puppet. And that's where they're headed now. And if you go over Putin's head and say that to the Russian people and stress that we're both Christian nations and that the, that the Chinese are not, and we share the same kinds of values, uh, I think that very likely that will help trigger a revolution in Russia. I've worked very closely with um, with the chess champion, Gasparov, who's the leader of the... Gary, Gary Kasparov, yeah. And uh, I think that, that that kind of an approach would be very effective, but our president is too senile and addled to be able to do that. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. 
for a decade. I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.